Hey, just a heads up, uh, this episode of Fixing Faxes does have a couple of swear words in it. They're not like the big swear words, just some of the lower order swear words, uh, but they're still swear words. Anyways, if that matters to you, uh, maybe skip this one. Very few bongs last time. That was better. Uh, I way was very, uh, trying very hard not to <laughs> whack anything on my desk. I had, I had far bong. more, far more bongs in mine. I'm not sure. Cause I've moved my mic over here. Yeah. I'm not used to it. I want a different boom. Justin Jackson posted a picture of him and I was like, what's that thing? It's cool. It doesn't have, it's, it's like all the, all the mechanisms are inside the arm. It looks Ooh. very, very cool. Um, it's not that expensive, but it doesn't, it's not going to help me cause it's not, it's not longer i want something right. longer oh you want like a <laughs> like a professional some, studio yeah, one i want something to come down from the roof <laughs> and maybe on like a track that i can just like okay. slide it around and it can help me in and out of in and out of the bath that sounds awesome <laughs> You're listening to Fixing Faxes, a podcast on the journey of building a digital health startup with your host, Jonathan Bowers. And myself, Angela Hopke. So Nora got sent home with a book <laughs> oh, okay. on Friday. No, I not thought you were... oh, <laughs> she just got sent home from daycare. <laughs> she got sent home with a cold. <laughs> no, Uh-oh. she got sent home with this book on, on Friday and I found it in her in her, her bag that she comes home with. And I said, oh, Brad, I think Nora stole a book from daycare. <laughs> and he goes, oh, no, actually her daycare teacher sent it home specifically for her, for us to read to her because okay. of, it's all about a froggy that needs to share his pond. Subtle yeah. hint. No, there's nothing <laughs> subtle about it. She was very clear. <laughs> so it's September. There is, there's a big transition change in daycare. Lots of new kids starting. Yeah. Uh, Nora is one of the older kids now at the, uh, the right, uh, the old age of three and um, <laughs> is having a wee bit of trouble with the new children and sharing her, oh. sharing her pond, including friends and space. So Brad reads the book to Nora and I'm laying with her. She's going to sleep last night. And I say, oh, did, you know, did daddy read you a book tonight? Yeah. (laughs) Nora, it about a froggy who share a pond. (laughs) And I was like, oh, well, that sounds like a really good book. She's kind of silent and she goes, there are a lot of new kids at daycare. (laughs) And I was like, yeah. And this is what she says. I'm not prepared for that. <laughs> she's oh, she's three. She's three. So she she has not only the self awareness to know that she's not prepared, but also understands that this book has been sent home to help her cope with that and create some strategies to share. Oh, never underestimate your children. <laughs> That's so funny. Anyway, I had to tell you that story because it was just oh, too adorable. I love that. I'm uh, not prepared for that. I'm not prepared. That's a big word, prepared. I, I know. She says prepared, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. So funny. Yes. So today we wanted to talk a little bit about working remotely. 
This mm-hmm. is a huge topic right now uh, with COVID and a lot of people working remotely. A lot of people that have never worked remotely are now working remotely. A lot of yeah. people that yeah. have worked remotely or somewhat re- worked remotely are now 100% working remotely and just all the uh, the spectrum of, of working at home to working in the office. And Two Story Robot does a really, a really cool way of, of, handling remote work because you guys have done it by design right from the get-go almost. And I just, I thought it'd be really cool to talk about that. Uh, thank you. Yeah. It is by design, <laughs> but it doesn't account for a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> like we, we have been, we have been remote f- pretty much from the beginning. I mean, um, most of us actually do work out of out of one office. Yes, there was six of us out of one office, and then a few sort of scattered about everywhere. Um, but we've always we've always taken the stance that if you can do your work remotely, then the the work in the office will just benefit from that, and that 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 has proven true. Like we we're very good at documenting, we're very good at communicating digitally. We don't have to have meetings, and when we do have Zoom calls, they tend to be better than the average. Zoom call that I've attended mm-hmm. for other teams mm-hmm. just because we're used to it. We understand the process behind it and the empathize with everyone. Part of it came from the MBA program, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I did, well, we did, we both did the MBA mm-hmm. at Solder, and I yep. was, although we had to go down for the actual courses yeah, and courses. The classwork, a lot of the project work happened remotely. And so I got to experience both working with a team that was physically close to each other so they could Mm -hmm. meet. And then I was the remote one. And then occasionally there was like all the remote people were put on a team and we would work remotely. Those meetings always went way better. Yes. And I found the same thing. I I usually got put on the, on the team with all the remote people also. And let's also be clear that you didn't just finish your MBA. That is over, it's over 10 years ago now, right? Uh, 2010, 2011, about 10 years ago. So about 10 years ago. So about 10 years ago, even then, so 10 years ago, remote work was kind of a thing, but not really a thing. And so, yeah, you, you probably learned a ton. So let's unpack a little bit about what you were talking about. You talked about meetings remotely, but you Mm -hmm. also talked about the tools that you guys use to manage your work. Yeah. So we are very heavily documentation first. So we we have sometimes scared off some clients just by the pure volume of documentation that we can some Fair occasionally create. Um, <laughs> so uh, we use a, a tool called Notion to just basically write almost everything down, everything from meeting notes, planning documents, some of our tasks go in there, I- any of our internal documentation. Mm-hmm. We do all of our blog writing in Notion first. Yeah, it's just like documentation first. We we don't use email. Like at all? I mean, we have email accounts, but we don't use them. Between each other, between team members, you don't nope. use them at all? No. Nope. The only thing we would use email for is like a, for a legal, like yeah. for legal paper trail. Okay. And, and most of the emails, most of the emails we send are to external people. So um, as a as a client of Two Story Robot, do you guys use Slack though for a lot of messages back and forth? Like, is that kind of yeah, where... Yeah, yeah. The Slack as a as an instant messaging or messaging platform has replaced the 
uh, more ephemeral conversations. Mm-hmm. Like if I were to walk up to your desk and say, hey, what do you think about this? <laughs> we try not to do that. We do that in Slack and we do that in a, in a way that allows everyone to be able to see it. So sometimes it can get a bit noisy because right. there's a lot of discussion going on and we divide all the conversations into different channels. So there's a channel, there's actually two channels for Clinect, one internally, which you don't get to see. I don't see. <laughs> yeah, we use the internal, the internal one, just to talk about internal stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, but most of the conversations happen on the external channel. Every one of our projects has their own channel and we have all the discussions in there and we try to discuss things in the open. So if you have a question, we just say, hey, does anybody have an answer to this? Or if you just happen to come up with a solution to something, you might say, oh, hey, I was thinking about this and I've, I've, I, you know, I came up with this solution here. And that's really handy because unlike when you come up to my desk and bother me, one, bother me, interrupt right. me, yep. and discuss something with me, all that discussion we have is is lost. Like, is you know, lost. There's no, no one trail. To, yeah, no one else gets to benefit from that. But if we have that discussion on Slack in the open, one, although Slack I don't think is a great tool for this, it's less interrupting. I need to have the discipline in order to like resist that interruption. But it's yes. also visible for, for everyone, everyone to see. Yeah. Yep. I can see why. If you come from an industry or you're a client that isn't maybe been exposed to this level of transparency and this level of open discussion and things like that, working with, working with you guys, as you said, might be a little bit like it might, it might feel a little vulnerable at first because Mm -hmm. everything is out in the open. And I know for me, when we started on, on a, an external Slack channel with you guys, I wasn't overly comfortable with it. I was probably still message like, you know, texting you and things like that or stopping by your desk. But since since COVID, that that's not really an option anymore is to just stop by your desk. So I uh I've found more comfort in it and actually embraced it a little bit more too. Oh good. Yeah, just because I am able to go back and take a look at something or find something that we had, you know, talked about and what exactly did we say about that or what did we come up with the wording for that or et cetera, et cetera. I have found it to be helpful. Yay. Yay. Yeah. That's some of you know why we want to talk about this a little bit is that we we quickly realized you know the beginning of the pandemic because we did we did this workshop once we went remote and then uh, a few days later, we saw lots of other teams starting to go remote, mm-hmm. just locally. Yep. We thought, oh, uh, maybe this is an opportunity to share some of our our knowledge with some folks. And so we did a workshop that was well attended. We had, you know, like seventy, I think seventy five people come into it. And wow, we you were... guys had seventy five people for that workshop. I didn't realize that. I, th- I think so. I know seventy five oh. people registered. I don't think all seventy five people showed up. Okay. Um, well, I think by the I, I know it's at one point there was like fifty or sixty people there watching or consuming it, and then. Um, they sort of trailed off at, at towards the end because it was an hour long. But I was surprised at the level at which a lot of teams were operating in terms of what remote meant for them. Explain that. What do you mean by that? <laughs> um, they were a lot of teams were basically just trying to replicate the office yeah. via video, and it was almost offensive that that's yeah, like it was right. Like <laughs> one team. They're, they just expected you to open up a Zoom call for the entire day. Oh, and just, just sit to, just to have a camera at yeah. you the whole well, day. Well, who knows what the intent was behind it, but, uh, but certainly like certainly the feeling was like, why do you need to see me? 
And like this, that's not how, that's not even how an office works. Like I don't sit face to face with all of my colleagues. Exactly. And we, we worked with another client and they, they did remote work in us in this strange way where we all sat around a zoom call and watched somebody type into a document. And we all sort of took turns telling them what to type. Oh God, I've been in those meetings before. Yeah. And so and they're awful. They're awful. They're like, why? such a waste of time. What are we doing? <laughs> seven of us on the call. Like we don't all need to be telling one person how to write more documents. No. And, you know, just after the pandemic, we did that workshop and we thought, holy cow, there is a ton of teams that have no idea how to do any of this. Even some of the smaller things like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, maybe not using email in the way that people do and you know, even just introducing the idea of a of a Slack channel to discuss things that don't need to happen in email just just was kind of revolutionary. Let alone the idea that let's work through documentation and or communicate through documentation and try to do as much asynchronously as possible. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know this this some of these teams were were yeah you 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 start your day at nine you finish at five and the whole thing's via Zoom. I mean that doesn't that's that's not how the world works anymore. Like, you and can't. it's also if, if that's not a way to burn your burn everyone out. Yeah, I don't know what is. Yeah, I think you guys. So, so what I uh, have experienced working with your team, and there was one meeting in particular that really jumped out at me, and I was like, oh wow, this is. It was very obvious as to how natural this remote work was for your team. Is so oh, we were having so we were having our weekly uh, Zoom call that Chris leads with all the like the different uh, topics that on the schedule, and we get to the topic of design. and And Lindsay unfortunately couldn't make that meeting. She had let us all know ahead of time, and we we knew that she couldn't make the meeting. And then it came to you know design, which is which is Lindsay's almost line item. And so what happened almost seamlessly was Chris goes, I'm going to start recording this uh, Zoom call so Lindsay can see what we're talking about. And I have a few screenshots that I can share and we can talk about those and we can at least give her a little bit of feedback so that for the next week, you know, she or when she, you know, is back on, she can she can take a look. And it was just immediate that the the recording started. And what was really even more neat about the way that you guys did it was we immediately started talking like she was not like she was there, but she was going to be listening to this. Mm-hmm. So it was, okay, so Lindsay, when you see this, here's what I'm thinking about this and this and this and over here, blah, blah, blah. And we would we would talk through it. And uh, then we kind of got through that, that line item in the schedule. And then we just kind of moved on. And, but it happened so quickly and there wasn't it didn't seem like there was a barrier to involving someone that couldn't make it. And so that like almost goes like, in my opinion, that goes like levels up from just remote work to now working with people that might be in different time zones that might be, you know, that don't have to be in person to get everything that they need to get out of that meeting, which shifts our thinking around certainly in-person meetings, but then even more so in-person virtual meetings too. Yeah. I I really think that most meetings don't need to happen, period, full stop. Right. There's so, there's so much that can be done asynchronously 
that the in-person meeting needs to like, they need to be flipped in a way. So it, it needs not, they should definitely not be like a broadcast style meeting where one person gets up and sort of talks to the whole. Like a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, no, that's true. Like it, right? it could just be a podcast. Like just yeah. get the mic, hit record, record what you're going to say, send that out. And then people can consume it whenever, whenever it makes sense to them. It doesn't have to interrupt their day and they don't have to schedule around it because mm-hmm. what's the value in me attending the thing real time? Exactly. And I can consume what I need to consume from that meeting at a time that makes sense to me. And maybe I'm ready for it. Yeah. And interesting side note is as you become better at listening to podcasts, you tend to start increasing the speed at which you consume them. And when you can do that, then you actually, if, you know, if you had a 10 person meeting, instead of, instead of delivering a meeting for an hour, maybe that's a bit long, but you know, delivering content for an hour, consuming 10 hours worth of people's time. If everyone is able to listen to that at two times speed, that's, you know, you cut that in half. Yeah. Cut that in half. It's, and, and some of the tools allow for that. Like we have design is this, it feels like this, this harder, this harder piece to crack. Like we've, we've got some aspects of design that we can do asynchronously. We've got tools that allow us to really seamlessly hand things back and forth. Like being able to do, being able to do that meeting that you mentioned kind of relies on the fact that we use the tools that we do where everything yes. is sort of shared in the open. When Lindsay finishes what she's doing, the moment she's done, I mean, I can actually go in and watch her do it live. Like if I want to, I can watch her dragging elements around the screen, mm-hmm. but when she's done, I can, I can go in and look at it and take, you know, take it to a client meeting or um, start giving some feedback right away. That's, that's super necessary. But then, you know, there's still some things about design that are, are pretty hard asynchronously. And it's really yeah. helpful to have this like real-time feedback, but barring that we do lots of video recordings that we send back and forth to each other using loom as yeah. one of the tools that we use. That's, that can be really helpful. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a shift to how do you be the least interrupting, the least interruptive, is that the word? Yeah. It's I just, so. y- yeah. The least interruptive that you can be because there's so much so much wasted time by being interrupted on things. And let's all be honest, when when we're at home, and especially for those of us that are parents, mm. we are being interrupted all the time anyway. Yep. Yeah. And I think I even think despite like, you know, the kids having kids adds a whole other challenge, but this pandemic and the stuff it's doing to our emotions and our mental mm-hmm. health, if you can avoid like a one hour meeting a week, that's just so much better. Yep. Right. And if you can, if you can still, still get the benefit of the, of whatever needs to be discussed at that meeting at your own time, I think that's, you know, just creates a, a more sustainable pace to this, to this weird life that we have right now. I totally where, agree. You know, I wake up and like the last, the last couple of days I've been very, very tired, just exhausted. And at night I'm just uninterested in doing anything. <laughs> So mm-hmm. I'm not that I do any work at night, but I can't, you know, if, if somebody were to schedule a meeting, I can't, I can't do it. I can't attend that. But, uh, and I've done this where, you know, Lindsay will have recorded, recorded some loom videos. I'm like, I can't, I can't look at this right now. Like I'm just exhausted, but yes. I can in the morning. I can exactly. in the morning. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about with consuming yeah. it at a time that you want to consume it. Yeah. So if I'm going to enter a meeting where, uh, let's say I've just had like a, gong show of a morning, the kids have gone, like just all this stuff is happening. And then I'm expected to jump on a call right away, be active, be, you know, interested, be giving, like giving feedback, et cetera. 
it would be way better if that was all recorded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could then say, I can't do this right now, but I can do it in a couple hours after I've, you know, had a coffee, sat down and maybe just did something for me for, you know, even yeah. 10 minutes for Pete's sake. And yeah. then, and then I'm in a, in a, in a, in a frame of mind where I can consume what is being put in front of me and have way more valuable feedback, Yeah, be way more engaged, even though it's literally not engaged with a person at the time, but way more engaged in the content of what's being presented yeah. to me. So you touched a little bit on, you know, you're feeling exhausted right now. A lot of people are going through a ton. I think, you know, mental health is is kind of the second p- pandemic that is happening alongside this pandemic of COVID. Do you want to talk a little bit about how that's impacted the way that you guys work and and changes that you've made? Yeah, I think I think it's been unexpectedly I don't want to say unexpected because I think we could have we could have expected this if we had thought a little bit about it, but right it was more taxing emotionally than I think anyone would have thought. Mm-hmm. Um, we thought, we really thought that because we were, we were geared up for this. Like we, we switched to remote like in less than an hour. That's amazing. That's, that's how long it took. Like we just wow. said, okay, the end of the day, that's it. We're not, it, actually it was, it was less than, less than an hour because no one had an opportunity to do it. Cause it was at the end of the day when we were, cause I remember we were planning on going to an event and I told Paige, I says, we, we need to be watching the news on this. And like, here's our plan. If Bonnie Henry has any kind of indication of an escalated response from the province, that's our trigger. We're not going to any more events. Right. Like, we cancel everything we're going to and we're not going to the office. And so we were watching that and it was like 45 minutes before we were supposed to go to the event and uh, whatever the whatever the announcement was. And I messaged Paige, I says, okay, that's it. Uh, we're work from home now. Wow. She's like, okay. And so she sent off an email to the event organizers. And then I sent an email off to the team saying we're work remote or we're work from home as of now. And then the next morning we were just work from home. So it took us no, no time. Yeah. And so we were geared up for the mechanics of working. The tools were in place. Oh yeah. We could just switch instantly. It was not a problem, but what we didn't maybe expect was there is no uh, water cooler talk. There is no going up to your desk. There is no how was your weekend banter that happens when you walk in in the morning. And that's, I think, something that we all took for granted. Mm -hmm. We, you know, we've tried to replicate that because we have some, you know, we have some teammates that are remote. Mm -hmm. And so we try to replicate some of that, but you you can't replicate all of it. Like, it's just, it's impossible. People just are social creatures. And so having that, that isolation, not just from our team, but from everyone, like no one was, no, no one was interacting with their family. No one was interacting with their friends. Exactly. Yeah. It was all shut down and it felt like overnight. Yeah, it was. It was just, just me and Julie and Zach. And yeah. that's enough. That is enough for me at the moment. But boy, was it hard. <laughs> um, right. And, it, it, and I think everyone everyone was struggling in their own in their own ways mm-hmm. and 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 just sort of struggling with this idea of we all have jobs. We all can work remotely. We haven't been affected financially yet. Right. Maybe we don't have the right to feel this way. Like maybe we don't we don't have the right to feel like this sucks. And so that kind of weighs into it. The comparative suffering. Yes. This is the way I kind of describe it. It's not allowing yourself to feel your feels because you feel like somebody else is have it, is getting it worse. And by not honoring your own feelings can really be that weighs again 
on, on, on not allowing yourself to, to feel like, to feel like shit about your scenario right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're allowed, like, we're all allowed to feel like shit about our scenario. And yes, there's, there's other people that do certainly they've lost their jobs and they have like, I mean, the, the list is endless of, you know, people that um, are struggling through this at a much um, more difficult pace than we are, but but it also we can only help others once we allow ourselves to feel what we're feeling and be. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, I remember, I remember distinctly, you know, sort of uh, propping, like trying to trying to motivate. I think by propping our propping ourselves up as saying like, like it could be way worse. It could for be us. worse. It yeah. could be so much worse. Like we are very fortunate in everything we have. And I don't know if I sort of helped create that, that, uh, you know, that climate to allow for that, that feeling like, okay, I don't, I don't, I shouldn't be complaining. There's no playbook for this. Uh, there's no, no playbook for the pandemic <laughs> and there's no playbook for, uh, for those of us that are leading others through it too. I think that what you're saying is, is true though. And you're allowed to you're allowed to feel all those things, you know, yeah. <laughs> feel, feel bad for this and not bad, uh, uh, everything. And so, yeah, there's no playbook and there's no right way to kind of handle this is mm-hmm. what I've, I've also seen. What a shift to happen. Oh, I think it felt like it happened overnight where all of a sudden I remember packing up my, my bag that day and saying to Jackie, I'm at home now. And I don't know how long I'm going to be at home now. I now have to be at home. My kids are at home. My husband's at home. I have to be at home. And I just remember packing up all my stuff. And I was like, like, you know, it did only take half an hour. I was literally like, okay, laptop, computer monitor. But then it was just, that was the end for, for, for four months. And then, you know, we've slowly, I mean, we have a small team, but slowly getting back to kind of working together ish. Mm -hmm. But that was tough. It was a tough time. Still is. Still is. You're right. Still and is. In that time. So I guess maybe what I want to daylight from all of this too is March is when we kind of like pandemic hit, well, BC for sure. In, in mid-March, we shut her down. And your team and my team continued to yep. build Clinect because you guys had these tools in place, these, I don't want to call them policies and protocols, but it was, it was very much like the culture of how you worked still allowed us to launch a product. You guys still built a product for mm-hmm. us <laughs> during a pandemic, all working remotely. And I think uh, the lessons that you guys have learned has been amazing and tremendous. And uh, so now I'm going to plug your blog post is Jonathan wrote a, a blog post about this. And uh, even though I like I work with you guys all the time, there was still stuff in it that I was like, oh, that's a good nugget. So if anybody's looking for just like really good nuggets around working remotely, we'll link the podcast or the, the blog in, in the show notes for the podcast. Yeah. Thank you. We've, mm-hmm. we've gotten some really fun feedback from that. Have you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Some cool. people have specifically messaged me and saying like, thank you for sharing this. This was, this was really good. Um, cool. it, it, we're pretty, I, I'm pretty proud of this. I mean, Kayleen wrote most of it. Okay. Uh, 
yeah, props to Kayleen uh, then. <laughs> we did we did collaborate on it, um, but I'd say she's the one that made it have the human, the deeply human feel to it. Not that it wasn't human to begin with, but yeah, she she brought just this extra piece, this extra bit of heart to it that uh, I'm really proud of her for doing. Very um, cool. And yeah, but people like people have commented and said like this is really nice, like this has been really helpful, and then. <laughs> Some other folks, I won't say who, but um, so <laughs> someone has someone has printed it off, <laughs> and it has it at their desk and looks at it occasionally, which I find just so heartwarming. Um, and they so they want to implement some of these things. They they kind of work in a in a an environment that might make this like really challenging, just because they're not geared a up more of a traditional it. environment. Yeah. yeah, it's so wonderful to hear that Good. and. Yeah, it's it, like we've got. This is just like scratching the surface. Like we've got so many more tools at our disposal. This is this is more around how do we how do we just not lose ourselves too much? And what are the things? What are some of the things that we've tried to do? But mm-hmm. every team is different, and every team needs to kind of figure out what's going to work. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Fixing Faxes, building a digital health startup. I'm Angela Hopke, and my co-host is Jonathan Bowers. Music by Andrew Codeman. Follow us on Twitter at Fixing Faxes. You can find us wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And please do us a favor and tell a friend. Thanks for listening. Uh, Julie's mom made a pear, pear craisin crisp or cobbler. That was really nice. Ooh, it is cobbler time. Oh, I love cobblers. I love cobblers. I don't love fall because it represents the switch from summer to winter, and I prefer summer. I like I like the sun. Oh no. I don't think we can ha- I don't think we can hang out anymore now. I am 100% shoulder season. Oh, no, no, no. Shoulder seasons, they can just curl up and die. No. Like, no. Yeah, it's wet and useless time. <gasps> like there's no. The only thing that's great about it is all the food. I the, love the food. Fall food is like oh, the best. Fall, yep. No, fall fall is the best. Uh-uh. Summer. No. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we can we can hang out anymore now. That's it. This is the end of fixing faxes. We are done. Jonathan is a summer person. I am a fall person. We can no longer be friends. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>